Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend Bryce Bakigard. How are you doing, Bryce? Doing so good, man. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. Hey, be a fun chat. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. This episode is a little bit different than past episodes. He's not in the interview chair. He's in the wingman chair. Bryce is my co-host today. We're going to be talking about a subject um, that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, Bryce, though, before we get into it, do you just want to talk a little bit about yourself, who you are? Where you come from, what you know, Cotton yeah. Eye Joe, isn't that the song? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But no, yeah, my name is uh, my name's Bryce, if I haven't met um, anybody who is listening. Um, grew up here in Fargo, um, kind of long short of it. Uh, came to NDSU for college, um, got plugged into Chi Alpha my sophomore year, uh, which is kind of where I got to know Steven and a lot of these guys and really um, started to make my faith my own um, again and um, kind of grew up and grew up in a Christian home, grew up uh, with faith being important to me, but just didn't really live it out. And so really that connection of um, just wanting to make uh, my relationship with Jesus more the focus of my life. And um, so that's kind of my quick synopsis of yeah. where I came from. But man, just I love the outdoors. Um, I'm married. I have a beautiful wife named Morgan. Uh, we've been married about eight months, between eight and nine months. Um, so newly married. So you know, I'm an expert, obviously. <laughs> hey, eight, between that. eight and nine months. That's that's, that's, that's close enough. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. That's awesome. Uh, but no, we're just loving life, living in Fargo, um, doing Chi Alpha um, here at NDSU. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you are on the Chi Alpha staff. Um, with with the legendary Bradley Lewis and be Brad, um, you know you get to serve in an area that I was serving in, so it's kind of fun. A few years ago, I was kind of in your shoes as yeah. college pastor, but um, you know our hearts for college students and for young adults. That's one of the areas that we mesh. Uh, another mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm not as much like a hunter fisherman, but the outdoors we've been a part of the AO1 camps yep. and stuff, and yep. so um, no, Bryce is the real deal. I love Bryce. Um, but he is somebody that is wise beyond his years. I, uh, in the lead up to our conversation about today's episode, if you're an avid listener, you know that one of the questions is what advice would you give to like your 22 year old self? And Bryce looked at me, what'd you say? Uh, I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just last year. So he is coming at you from both where you're sitting, but also from a place that he has wisdom and he has been working with college students and was a college student. And so I'm excited to have your perspective. But today, what the episode's all about is five tips for new grads. Uh, I know that you guys just saw um, your kind of final on-campus meetings come and go. Graduation is probably like this weekend. Yeah, this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So college graduation, and, and that's a big transition. So we want to talk about that. Do you remember at all of kind of your transition, what was in your head in those days and weeks? Yeah, I remember for me, um, 
so a little bit of context, obviously, since I, I'm still working with Chi Alpha, so I'm still very intertwined with the community that I was a part of in college. So it maybe wasn't quite as stark of a transition as it is for some people, but still, I mean, the weeks leading up to graduation, kind of that fear of like, oh man, like I'm an adult now, you know, and I'm knowing that my rhythm of life was going to change. Like all these different things were going to really change. And, and I remember being, being anxious for sure. I think it's one of those, for me, at least it was the biggest transition that I really felt other than going from high school to college, you know, for me, it was right. like, wow, this is really like kind of the launch into the rest of my life and feeling, um, maybe that little bit of like, Oh, am I behind in certain areas? Do I not know enough about different things to set myself up? Well, you know? Um, so I definitely remember there being some stress, but also really a lot of excitement. Like, I feel like this is a season of just like launching into your future, yeah. you know? And it's like, wow, like now I've spent time getting this degree. I've been preparing for what I'm going to do and now I get to go and do it, you know? And that it's a really, really fun season of life. So absolutely. So yeah, yeah one of the things you know, on the podcast, really part of the heart of even starting it um, a little over a year ago is just that that entering that gap, entering that season is pretty intimidating. And so I know we have people that listen that are in their 30s. We have some people in their 50s and 60s, shout out, that listen. Let's go. Um, I know the, 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 the content and the interviews and everything really stretches beyond just that individual season. But really when we were talking about this and thinking about this, uh, we were kind of thinking of that new grad in mind, but I know these tips uh, are something that kind of go beyond that for sure. But here, let's get into the five tips for new grads. What's the first one? The first one is to stay close to Jesus. I think this is one that's near and dear to both of our heart. I think for us having a very shared experience of being a part of like a really solid community that was very life-giving um, in college, it could be maybe really easy for us to drift more into um, falling in love with the community, maybe even then always falling in love with Jesus himself. And so um, I think Stephen has some really good insight, um, and I'd love for you to share um, kind of a story that, that maybe you know um, or, um, you know, walked through when you were in college as it relates to falling in love with Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think something that quickly comes to mind is actually a friend who also did campus ministry and we had connected and we would routinely kind of check in on each other. And there was somebody that we had mutually known that was really involved when they were in college. And so we were just talking, me and this friend, and I just kind of brought him up and I said, Hey, what's going on with him? He was one of their core leaders, small group leader, uh, in their context in their, in their campus ministry context. And he kind of got dejected face and he said, actually, you know, he fell away from the Lord. He doesn't serve God anymore. He claims to be an atheist. And he went on to tell mm -hmm. me the story about how they met up, uh, after college. And this is when he kind of, you know, told them all of this stuff. And mm -hmm. he said, when I really reflected, I never fell in love with Jesus. I re I fell in love with the community. Wow. And I think that's a, a scary thought. It's, it's something that is so easy when you're a part of something that's life-giving, meaningful. There's all these people that are checking on you. They love you. They care about you. But the, the danger in that is that you can fall in love with the love that people show you without ever finding that source. Yeah. And so if you're not close to Jesus, the, the first tip is to get close to Jesus because as you transition in life, remaining close to him is the most important thing you can do. In fact, John 15, 5, uh, it, it's talking about abiding in Christ. And so it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you think of that, that idea of abiding, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, there's some of the more like, um, you know, maybe like quick to come to mind answers of like, okay, spending spending time with the Lord. What does that look like? You know, maybe that's prayer. Maybe that's 
um, worship. Maybe that's reading my Bible. I think for me personally, when I think about what does it mean to abide, I think it's allowing myself spaces to kind of shut my brain off, if that makes sense, and really just tune in to what God is wanting to speak to my heart. And for me, I think this looks um, a lot of times it looks uh, through the lens of like my passions, you know, like being outside. Um, some of the best times I feel like for me when I'm in abiding with the Lord is when I'm taking my puppy on a walk. You yeah. know, I'm outside, I'm walking, I'm moving, um, I'm an active body naturally. And so it's hard for me sometimes to just like sit still and just like think. But when I'm doing something, it's maybe easier to get into that. And, you know, just kind of letting those thoughts come into my mind that maybe have been taking up a lot of my headspace and being able to, you know, give them to the Lord and really pray through those things. And um, just trying to, yeah, kind of create um, create environments for, for myself where I'm able to connect with what God has been speaking and teaching me, maybe through those times in prayer or worship or um, reading the word, but um, more so in a way that connects with me and allows me to um, engage with it, you know, and be changed by it, maybe. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, you know, that, that idea of abiding really comes back to this place of remain in me, you know, remain in me. Um, and, and, and I think what it takes to remain in Jesus is more than just have quiet time. I think if that was my first tip, I would probably lose some people because you've been told that if you've been following Jesus for any sort of time, like you've heard that, but really at the core of it for me is to stay close to Jesus. It's that intimacy yeah. with him. And I remember I was golfing, with one of my best friends and I had been in ministry for a while and he had been in ministry. And, um, I was just kind of like, Hey man, I, this was shortly after we had Kinsley. So it was about four years ago. And I was like, I'm really struggling in this area of my life. And, um, he just said, well, what's your goal in it? Uh, Cause I was like, I'm not having quiet time. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying like I used to. Hmm. And, and I just kind of thought about it and we kind of landed on the point, like, isn't the point of it just to connect with Jesus? So do what hmm. it takes to connect with him, do what it takes to stay close. Like that's the advice is like, whatever it takes for you to get close and stay close to Jesus, do that. So if it's nature walks with your dog, if that's, you know, just a coffee shop and just that mm. setting where you can open your Bible, just somehow in, in getting God's word in your heart and processing through what he's teaching you, but letting Jesus be our anchor and the source of our life and our joy is the key. It is the main point. And so really it's that the importance is the intimacy with Jesus. Um, you know, when, when you think of intimacy with Jesus beyond what you just shared with, like just for you being on the woods or walking around, like that's a place where else kind of helps you get to that point? Yeah, I think, I think for me and a lot of this, we'll maybe we'll touch on, um, in one of our next points with rhythm, but I think for me, it's really creating that consistency. And this is an area that, I mean, full transparency, I'm not nearly as good at as I wish I was. I think for me, I find that I am as probably most people are a creature of habit. Like I'm a creature of like the habits that I do. Right. And the consistency piece for me is like the seasons where I feel the most intimate with the Lord are also the seasons that I'm the most consistent in whatever it is that I'm spending time with him, you know, when I'm carving out that time in the morning or if I'm carving out that time in the evening, or if I'm intentionally like brainstorming and trying to dream up ways that I can, you know, continue to engage with the Lord throughout my day. You know, there's not, I feel like my, my habit, maybe, uh, what I did a lot when I was maybe first starting to really follow the Lord was, um, just kind of assume like, okay, I'll get up in the morning. I'll read for 10 minutes. I'll pray for 10 minutes. I'll maybe listen to worship song and then good until tomorrow, you know? And it's like, well, that's good. That's helpful. But how do I bring that attitude of worship and intimacy with the Lord into my day? You know, how do I actually integrate it into what I'm right. doing? And so I think, I think for me, it's, 
that consistency is probably one of the biggest pieces. And then really just also having that little bit of grit to know that like, it isn't always just going to be yeah. like what I feel like I want to do. You know, there's plenty of mornings where I wake up and I'm like, work is not the number one thing that I might want to do in that moment. You right. know, like sometimes those strongest desires, I think actually maybe you were the one who was sharing this with me. Like sometimes our strongest desires aren't always our deepest desires, you know, like our deepest desire, the thing that we truly want the most isn't always what's going to be like the first thing that maybe we want to do but being able to connect with that and then over time see like, oh yeah, no, this is why I want to do these things consistently. Like it takes time to build habits. Um, and so, yeah, that consistency, I think is one of the biggest pieces for me. That's, that's so good. I, I, I think like the question to ask is, am I close to Jesus or am I as close to Jesus as I want to be? And it's not about, am I as close as I was in a past season? Like God has a new thing for us in every season. And I think that's important for us to remember that the setting is going to change. And we're going to talk about that more, but the setting changes. There's so much transition. There's so much change that sometimes this is an area that can be really discouraging because yeah. I don't feel as close as I was when. Yep. And the when is usually the setting more than a time period. It's yeah. you had the consistency of you know, a weekly gathering and there was an excitement and you were in a small group and it was in your dorm room or in your apartment. And it was like, Whoa, this is awesome. You had time, like three hours in the middle of the day where you yeah. had no, nothing to do, or yep. you didn't have to be anywhere that yeah. that all changes yet. The same question, am I close to Jesus? Am I as close to Jesus as I need to be? So that brings us to the second point, which is find your rhythm, find your rhythm. Good. There's so much that changes um, in each transition in our life, whether it's high school to college, I mean, that's kind of like a endless change, mostly for yeah. the better, you know, but yeah. when you go from college into working or whatever that next thing is for you, there's also a lot of changes. What are some of the things, and maybe not as much for your, your setting, um, but what are some of the things that you think change, uh, for a person when they, when they leave college? Well, I think one of the big areas, and again, we'll touch on this a little bit um, in the future too, is is finances. I mean, finances are a huge area of change. And I feel like as we approach um, how we spend our time, not that we want to be necessarily driven by our finances, but our finances tend to drive a lot of yeah. how we spend our time, right? Like our the work that we do will right. drastically impact our rhythm. And I think probably even more than the finance piece of it is probably the the rhythm that that creates, you know? Yep. And so our, our workplaces will really be one of the biggest change. I mean, if we just look at my schedule from my senior year of college to my first year of interning with Chi Alpha, it was like, man, my senior year of college, I had half hour, hour gaps all over throughout my day, right. you know, where then when you get into more of a nine to five, it's like, Oh, now I got to kind of bunch all the stuff that I kind of just did throughout my day into, you know, an evening or a morning or, you know, and I think it's, yep. it's, you have more time, but less time at the same time, you know, it doesn't really make any sense for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Restructuring it, I feel like is, is big too, but yeah, I think, I think a few of the things that change the most are the the people you spend a majority of your time with mm -hmm. the, you know, your schedule and the, the way that you spend your time. Um, but also what takes up the mental capacity changes a lot. Like when you're in college, there is a lot of thought that goes into assignments, due dates, grades um and and in the the workplace that's not as much the way it is is that mm -hmm. you're you're thinking about your projects and assignments and all those things but the grade is in a b c and you can just do it like no it's 
am I doing the best I can? Am I bringing my A game to the table? Yeah. Um, but also you're thinking finances, you're thinking relationships, friendships change. And the, the thing is, is change is inevitable. Change and, and transition is inevitable. And a lot of people stumble in periods of transition. I know for yeah. me, when I look at some of like my biggest struggles, it's been in times of transition. It's been yeah. when the routines and the rhythms change. So the big thing is to find your rhythm. And, and, and the, the fact of the matter is it's going to change from season to season as life changes, your schedule changes, and we have to be quick to schedule our priorities and find new life giving and healthy rhythms for our life. And so a couple areas, and we'll kind of touch on these, a couple areas that I think of that you need to find your rhythm in is finding your rhythm in the area of abiding and just your relationship with Jesus, finding your rhythm with relationships and friendships, with rest, with your time commitments, with work, technology, with your physical health, your finances. I would almost, you know, I can even put those in the description, but taking those areas and thinking through what rhythms do I need to establish to be healthy in my life, but healthy in these areas yeah. of my life. Are there any rhythms that have been important for you in just kind of establishing health in a new season? Yeah, I think honestly, coming out of college into um, maybe more, I, I won't say adult, but more career mode, um, I think rest has honestly probably been the rhythm that I've been f trying to focus on the best. Yep. Um, I feel like college doesn't necessarily set you up for the best <laughs> rhythms of rest. I don't know if anybody had the same experience as me, but you know, you kind of just get used to the late nights with friends and early mornings for classes, and you kind of just learn how to coffee your way through, you know, really bad <laughs> habits of rest. Yeah. yeah you know? And so I feel like for me now, like, um, really trying to be more intentional with how I rest. Um, and you know, some of that for, for Morgan and I, as, as we've been married is, is really trying to create a Sabbath for ourselves. And what does that look like? Like, how do you yeah. literally just like, you know, put your life on pause for a half a day or a day, you know, on a consistent basis. And obviously we, you know, this doesn't look exactly the same. We're still trying to figure out our rhythm for that. But I think having it as a priority in our life has been important because as we've prioritized it, it has, um, begin to get better and better, you know, where we really do look at our weeks and say, okay, how can we set aside time just to rest? And, you know, within that, what does it look like to rest? You know, right. for Morgan and I, it's different. We're different people. I'm a little bit more, you know, my, my idea of rest is, um, you know, getting outside or maybe going hunting or, right. you know, hanging out with somebody where sometimes Morgan would maybe be more inclined to like, Oh, let's just like hang out and watch TV or watch movies. Right. So it's kind of like, how do we kind of each fill each other's cup within rest, yeah. but finding not just like sleep, but like rest, you know, like sleep's a huge aspect of it, obviously. But even more than that, how do we find rest in the things that we're doing? Um, so I guess that's one of the big ones for me. What would be a big one for you that you would say, um, that you've kind of learned in, in this season of your life? I think establishing a rhythm of relationships mm -hmm. has been a big one. And I think one of the, the most commonly asked questions that people ask with the podcast, um, are in regards to friendships because sure. friendships just change, you know, the, the passing each other, you know, or going to classes, you go to the class with the same people, you, you have touch points so regularly and routinely in light or mm -hmm. in college. And, um, post-college, especially if there's friends that are still in college, you feel like an oddball. Like yeah. you feel like an outsider because, well, I work from nine to five and I'm pretty exhausted when I get home and yep. you guys seem to be starting at eight, you know, like yep. what's going on yep. here? 
But I think just finding and establishing those rhythms of friendship, relationships, um, I think a couple of the rhythms, because when I think about a rhythm, it's, it's a pattern. It's, it's a pattern of just relational consistency of, of habits that help you become healthy and, and help you ultimately draw closer to Jesus. So for me, a relational rhythm that has been important for us is routinely, basically like weekly is having a neighbor night. And nice. for us, that's just our new season. A lot of our, what are becoming close friends are people that live within 30 seconds of us because um, that's where we spend a lot of our time. We have three young kids. So for us, yeah. that's our context. So we've kind of established, like we'll write it on our calendar, neighbor night. Um, sometimes we'll have three of them just because they happen organically when the garage doors open and kids come running in. But another one for me has been, or one of my biggest struggles in young adulthood has been maintaining and growing my strongest friendships. Hmm. And so I'm the personality where I can make a friend with a rock. Um, and, and that's easy for me. Yep. But the thing that's hard for me is to, hey, I want to grow closer with two, three guys that, that I can really, really, really do life with. And so establishing a rhythm in that area has meant you know, scheduling text message or like scheduling, like when I send a text message or reminders for myself, uh, it's trying to have lunch with somebody or just a phone call with somebody on a short list of people every week that I can, can really maintain that and grow that. So finding a rhythm in relationships is a big one for me. Um, you know, I think, I, I think back to our moves, you know, we moved from Fargo um, to New Jersey. And that was a totally change, total change in our life. It was slower work changed, work looked different. Friendships looked different. Church looked different. I wasn't on staff, like with a ministry for the first time in several years. And so we were just going to church and finding out how do we serve? What group should we go to? So it was a lot slower. It wasn't me as much being the one that's making that happen for other people. It was us taking initiative in that. But it was a really healthy rhythm. We but we had established a new rhythm of like, okay, what is important to our family? And then when we came back, we had no shortage in friendship. I jumped in with the church staff and I was still working another full-time job. We needed another rhythm that we've been continually building for this new season of our life. And I think that's the important thing is each new yeah. season needs its new rhythm. Um, we need to be the ones to set our priorities or else somebody else will, whether that's a boss, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, your, your gym that you're a part of, like mm -hmm. everybody else has an agenda for your time. So you need to have one about the things that matter most. So yeah, what's the third tip? The third tip is to fight for community. Um, I think this is one of those ones that, especially as we talk about young adulthood, um, Community can be really, really hard to find, I think, in young adulthood. I feel like, especially for us, we kind of have a shared experience of coming out of, you know, maybe college where maybe it was a little bit easier, a little bit more organic to find that community intertwined with classmates and things when you jump into a, um, a workplace that might not be that way. Um, and I think it's one of those kind of dynamics where just because it gets harder, it is absolutely not the reason to not seek it out. Um, you know, like we absolutely need to, um, plug into community and find that. And I think 
if there's one thing that should be at very, very high on our list of priorities as um, jumping into the season of young adulthood, it's, it is getting plugged in with those people. Cause then as the, the tough things come inevitably, the tough decisions and, you know, tough times at work, um, we, we have those people that we can fall back on those close friends, like you were talking about. Um, what did this maybe look like for, for you, um, as you guys looked at fighting for community in your season of young adulthood? Yeah, I think that phrasing is important, the fighting for it, because yeah. It doesn't fall into place it, like in high school or college. Um, and so you do have to really fight for it. And so for us, uh, one thing that came to mind was we had such a tight knit community and we remained in that as campus pastors. We have a very similar story in that yep. sense that we went from being students to being interns and on staff. Mm-hmm. And um, so for us, we kind of thought like, oh, we're set in this area. Mm-hmm. But w- what we realized quickly was that as everybody was transitioning around us, all those relationships were changing. And what really kind of was the the tipping point for us was a close friend of ours walked through just a series of just kind of life-changing events in their families and they had moved away and they decided actually to kind of give up on a dream that they had sought out and move back to Fargo um, to rent an apartment. And that was what kicked off our first couples small group, you know, almost seven years ago was wow. because they had a need in their lives. And so we were like, how can we help meet their need and assume others have it? And we were just kind of like blown out of the water of the, the need that was around us that we had no idea mm-hmm. and the need that was within us. And so that became kind of the turning point for us of like, nobody's going to make this for me. Nobody's going to, um, you know, rarely is somebody just going to say, Hey, you know, come to this thing. That's really life giving. No, you have to, fight for it. You have to sometimes take the initiative, um, to be the one to initiate that. And I, I think of a story that you told me about some recent alumni that really jumps out at me. So can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, for sure. Um, it fits very well in two of my, two of my best friends, Noah and Madison, um, very similar. Um, they got married essentially right after graduation, moved across the country, you know, kind of transplanted into a new community. Um, and then shortly thereafter moved again. So he's, he's in the military and so got stationed in, in Florida. And I just remember really talking with them a lot in that season about, you know, getting plugged in and they were just, they were just really struggling to find community. Um, you know, there wasn't, um, they were, they were looking, but they weren't really finding it. Um, and I, I think it was a phone call that we had and I think it was one of them that just kind of got onto this, this train of thought of like, well, man, maybe, maybe we just need to be it, you know, like we, we've seen what community looks like and we kind of know, you know, how to foster relationships and have people into our home and things. And so they just kind of were like, yeah, if we can't find it, like we're going to create it. And so they, you know, with the local church that they were a part of, um, we're just kind of like, Hey, like, can we start doing some like young adult themed things? And of course the church is like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know, they're like, we want young people, you know? Right. And, and I think kind of similar to what you were saying, they started to realize that a felt need that they had was also a need that so many people around them had, but maybe just weren't voicing it. And so as they began to, you know, host game nights and worship nights and, you know, they would do some little services and, you know, devotionals and things like that, um, people would come. And they, you know, would invite coworkers and they would come. They would have other people that were maybe in the church that were kind of feeling the same way. And, you know, this young adult group just kind of skyrocketed. And all of a sudden they had, wow. you know, 40, 50, 60 people as a part of this little community. And they had kind of created what they were looking for, you know. And um, out of that, a lot of their best friends that they have now kind of came from that leap wow. into, you know, creating what they weren't necessarily finding on their own. And I think, um, I think the moral of the story for them was that, man, we know what we want. 
let's, let's just create it, you know, like let's find it. And like you were saying, let's assume that there's people around us who are probably feeling the same way. And for them, it was absolutely true. I mean, now there's this really, really thriving young adult group at their church. And it's really just cause they were like, Hey, we're just going to say yes to say yes to stepping into this role and kind of take on the action of, of initiating it and starting it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think for anybody listening, that's a, that's a, a story that can be an invitation because some people move to small towns, some people move to a big town, but there's 18 churches that seem to be like mm-hmm. the one that they went to. And um, I think the, the number one place to, to start is a church, you know, to plug mm-hmm. in and uh, be invested in a church community. And, and like Noah and Madison, like, hey, there might not be something that when you look at their groups, you might not see something that like really is, ah, that's it. And it might be out of your generation that mm. really is that starting point, that launching point. But we need that community in some way, shape or form, but also that invitation to start it, to initiate it um, is I think for anybody. Like if, if yeah. you have been a part of something that's been life-giving, you've been in the minority and you have the gifting to create that. Um, and, and I think that's a really unique thing and a powerful thing. But one thing I've realized, Bryce, is like the harder the harder it is for me to have community, the more I need it. And what I mean by that is there's going to be seasons and stretches where it's hard because of whether it's a work schedule or Mm. whether it's, um, just, just the grind of everyday life or in our case, young kids, like it's hard to have consistent and strong community, but we've realized like, because it's hard, it's actually when we need it the most, because right now our life is a little busy. Like mm-hmm. we are caught up in parenting duties a lot and ministry things. So we need to carve it out and fight for that community in our life. Yeah. Um, the fourth one uh, for us today, the fourth tip is to be smart with your money. Um, I think I left it broad because this can go in a lot of different directions and that's not what this episode is going to be about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the idea of being smart with your money is where to start. Like I remember personally uh, seeing my first paychecks and I was a Chi Alpha missionary. So it wasn't like I went to a six figure job out of college, but what I was making was a lot more than what I was making when I was a college student. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was so tempting for me to allow kind of my budget to rise with my income. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that we should do that. I think we should actually set some parameters in our life and make some smart decisions before we even get to that point. They're going to help us. And, and yeah. I realize everybody's story is different. Mm-hmm. You can't just give a blanket advice that works for everybody. Because um, the reality is, is that there's some people that are graduating debt-free that have money in the, the bank and they're mm-hmm. saving and they could go out and buy a house today. Their story is different than somebody who has 50000 60000 $70,000 of student debt. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is to be smart with it, to mm-hmm. think about what is the first thing I need to do. What are and, and if you've got debt, I would implore that is it. Get rid of that yeah. because that comes with you. Um, what are some of the things that come to mind when you think about being smart with your money? Yeah, I think one, um, well, I guess right off the bat, having a budget is huge. Um, and there's a lot of the app that we use is called every dollar. Um, I think it's part of, I think it actually is a Dave Ramsey Ramsey solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, um, it's awesome. It integrates automatically with our cards and our bank account and everything that we purchase kind of comes filters in and we're allowed and we kind of can put it like in its right bucket. And so it can at least 
help us to keep, stay accountable to like what we set each month. And it's like, spent a little bit too much on dining, you know, like right. we can kind of reel back and helps us to not have, you know, have all of that come out at the end of the year. You know, it helps us to kind of do it as we go. So I think a budget is huge, but then I think beyond that, it's just, you know, really avoiding that, um, the comparison trap, you know, and just like you wow. said, there'll be people in, in our season that still have different means than us. And that's okay. Like that's just where people are, you know? And so I think it's being really realistic to what you do have. And one example from our life in that is, um, you know, I, I drove a, an older pickup coming out of college and, you know, it, uh, it was becoming evident that it wasn't a very reliable vehicle. And with my wife's family being in, in Iowa, um, and a lot of the Midwest weather being not nice roads, <laughs> it became apparent that we were going to need a more reliable vehicle, you yeah. know, that was kind of winter ready. And so we really started looking and praying about like, okay, what would it look like? And so we did go car shopping. We looked and, um, test drove some new cars. And I mean, I can't lie. It was tempting, you know, we're sitting in this new, it's like, wow, this would be really, really nice, you know? But when we looked at our, our season of life, it was just like, I didn't, we didn't really feel that it was wise maybe to have a car payment in our season of life. You know, we're trying to get out of some college debt and save towards a house. And so we really didn't right. want to bring on other types of debt. And so we were just sort of like, okay, we're going to put that on the shelf for now. And we're just going to pray about it and ended up probably uh, three, four months ago now had a, a really good family friend of ours um, reach out and was like, Hey, we got a, you know, our, our son's old car has been sitting in our garage for like a year and we don't need it and don't drive it anymore. And it ended up being the perfect car for us. It wasn't the brand new or not that we were looking at brand new cars, but it wasn't the newer car that we were looking at, but it also was a severe upgrade from where my pickup was. And so now we, we were able to purchase that, um, with cash that we had and we, we didn't have to go into debt, wow. uh, but it also fit into what we were doing. Like it was kind of that perfect middle ground of, a of the vehicle that we needed in the moment. And so again, not that it has to be a vehicle or, or whatever it might be, but I think just not making impulse decisions, you know, in the moment, but then also really zooming out big picture. Like you said, what are your goals? Like our financial goals are to get out of debt and to buy a house. And so really we're not going to spend a ton of money in really any other categories right now. You know, we're going to try to save as much as we can so that we can get there sooner, you know, cause we want right. to do that. And so, you know, could we have afforded a car payment? Yes, we, we could have, we could have rebudgeted and made it work, but was it the best use of our money in that, in, in this season of our life? Probably not. And so I think that's something that's, that's just good to keep in mind. That's so good. I think just because you can afford something doesn't mean you should buy something. Yeah. And, um, I think that's where you're making decisions against yourself when it comes to the area of finances. It's one that I feel like it's harder to do than in other areas that you're mm -hmm. making decisions against what feels good, against what is the norm around you. The idea of like the American dream um, is actually quite funny because the American dream comes with an average debt that is astronomical. You know, yeah. like the, the person, the keeping up with the Joneses is not the solution because the Joneses are broke. Like that's yeah. the thing is because they are in a lot of debt. They have car payments that are $300 on two, two different cars. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they still are paying their student debt eight years after graduation. And so mm -hmm. to be financially free is the goal to be in a place where you can give more, save more, invest more, think about it less. Like that's, that's the key with yeah. this area. And so I think, you know, a few things that come to mind are one plan, you know, having a budget, but also mm -hmm. just thinking like goals, you know, okay. Yeah. Everybody's story is different. Ours was, we had about $25,000 of student debt. So our goal, our initial goal was we saved a thousand dollars for an emergency fund. We, we followed the Dave Ramsey plan. Not that you have to, yeah. but just like 
$1,000 emergency fund. And then we put everything towards our debt that we could for the next two or three years. And we, we were out of debt and it was one of the best days of our life because it wasn't like holding on everything after that, all that money we were investing in that we started saving for kids and we started saving for future things. Um, and so having that plan though, is the important thing. So Mm -hmm. big picture, what are we trying to do over the next few years, three to five years, but also kind of zooming out. The second one is the comparison thing. Um, just watching out for that, not comparing to the people around us, but also not comparing to our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, we grew up in houses that are probably our parents, third, fourth, fifth house. And we're like, Oh, that's what we grew up with. And so we want it. So just being careful about that. Um, and then I think the last one is just talk to somebody that's smarter than you about money. Talk Amen. to you. <laughs> talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about. It could yeah. be a financial advisor. could be a parent. It could be a friend that's a little ways down the road um, mm-hmm. that's maybe in the place that you want to be. And just ask them, what should I be doing? And there is a great book. It's by Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover. I recommend that to everybody because it is simple. It, it makes it a simple... Like, okay, this is easy because the idea of like compound interest is wild. Like if you start investing a little bit when you're 20 or 22 versus doing it when you're 32, there's a big difference there mm-hmm. in just the small things you can do. So just talking to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Um, but that brings us to our last point. So our fifth tip is lean into your life. Lean into your life. Um, I think for this one, it's a summary. It's kind of to put a bookend to this conversation because what I see oftentimes is people kind of drifting, you know, you, you come out of high school and college where a lot of things are dictated for you. You have to be at class at a certain time. You have to, uh, you know, eat dinner with your family. You have to be at sports practice at this time. And then you get into a place where you're really autonomous. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you have your work. So yeah. Okay. I've got this nine to five period but everything else is kind of freestyle. (laughs) And so um, I think it's so easy to kind of drift into that place where you come home, you turn on Netflix, you make dinner, you even get takeout and you just kind of drift. And so I Mm -hmm. think the idea of just really leaning into your life is important. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think, I think it's, it's kind of like, as we've talked about with the rhythm, um, it's just really getting out ahead of your, getting out ahead of your schedule. It's kind of the same as like, get ahead of your finances so they don't drive you like get ahead of your schedule. So it doesn't drive you, you know, like carving out the things that are really important. And like, I know for us, just some of the practical things that we've done, you know, in this season is like, we, you know, we are in a season where we don't, we don't have kids yet. And so we're really, that gives us a lot more flexibility, you know, than, um, people who are in that season. And so we, we really are focusing on, okay, how can we be really intentional to invite people into our home in this season while it's maybe a little bit easier to do so, or do a little bit more, you know, maybe traveling to see people or, um, you know, we can be more flexible because our schedule allows it now. And so something that we really try to do is to say, okay, what do we want to do in this season of our life that we maybe wouldn't be able to do in the next season of our life? good or bad. Yeah. Mostly it's, it's good reasons why we maybe wouldn't be able to do it, but still the reality is that we can't. And so let's really double down on those things. And I think that helps us to not drift into the, you know, watching movies and TV three, four, five nights out of the week. You know, it's like, okay, we want to carve out a night a week to have students in our home. We want to carve out a night a week to have some friends in our home. We want to um, stay connected to our families. You know, my family's right. in Fargo, but Morgan's family's in Iowa. So it's a little bit more difficult to stay connected, but we still want to be intentional with that, you know? And so I think for us, as we, 
yeah, as we kind of look into our, our goals and, and the values, the things that we really want to do, that helps us to lean in to our life because it helps us create a lifestyle that, that we're really excited about. And, um, cause it is really, really easy to drift into that. And there's no doubt that there's nights where we just get home and are like, okay, we just need to Crash. unplug, yeah, need a break, sure. watch a movie, get some popcorn, you know, like we absolutely do that too. Um, but we don't want that to become our, our, maybe our, our, our habit or a routine. Um, we kind of want to get out ahead of that. Um, when I think it's, yeah. I think it's more than it is more than that because leaning into your life also means just embracing each season and each day. And so when I think about leaning into to your life, I think too, there's times where coming out of college, a busy season, you know, it can feel like what I need right now is rest. Like what I need right now is a break. And especially if you've been really involved with the college ministry throughout college, I think that's like the number one thing is like, I just need a break from this. And what I implore people is you don't need a break. You need a new lifestyle. Yeah. Amen. Um, the, the point is not to just kind of say, okay, that was that. And that was a really fruitful time of ministry. I think the season after college can be the most fruitful time of ministry and mm -hmm. investing into people, pouring into people, growing in your faith, but you need a new lifestyle that will, will kind of carry that through. And so to mm -hmm. really lean into your life means, pursuing the things that that you need to pursue lean into your work um you know your first job won't probably be your last job but that doesn't mean you shouldn't give everything because that person is going to be telling your future boss whether or not they should hire you mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. also it's we work as if we're working for the lord not for man yeah. uh, lean into your relationships lean into your church to serve and to give and this kind of goes back to that last point um but when it comes to to being smart with your money that also means giving because that's smart in the kingdom of God because yeah. God rewards it, but also it allows our hearts to tie into his in a way that mm -hmm. we trust him in an area that's really hard to trust him. But also to serve means, man, I could come and I could sit in a seat and experience worship and hear a great message and even walk away different and go, man, but the kingdom of God functions this way is that we come as servants and saying, mm -hmm. Not what can I get, but what can I give? And when we say, what can I give? That's not just finance. That's time, treasure, and talent. Like, how can I serve the kingdom of God? How can I serve the people that I'm around? And that's another way to lean into our life. But to stay invested, stay engaged, to stay present, and remain focused on building the kingdom of God. Is there anything that Amen. you want to add to this conversation as you know, we land? Yeah, I think one, one more thought that I think has really, really helped me um, in this season of life is that um, just as we as you think of like big picture, the principle of sowing and reaping, I think so oftentimes young adulthood is a season of sowing for a future of, of reaping and not only just like in a, in a selfish sense, but just in general, like when we look at like young adulthood, I think that really is building the foundation, kind of the trajectory of where our life will land. Like the way we steward our finances, our friendships, our, our marriage, our family, like these different aspects, like the way we kind of set the foundation and begin to steward them in our young adulthood will absolutely carry on to how that looks in the rest of our life. And I think there's maybe sacrifices that we can make in young adulthood to be extra intentional about sowing into things that we we know are going to be worth it in the long haul. Yeah. Like we know that creating these foundations, they, it maybe leads you to not buy a house for a couple extra years or not have as nice of a car right away um, or whatever it might be. But 
creating that foundation is going to set you up for a lifetime of success. And I think similar to sowing and reaping, when we sow good things, when we sow seeds into the kingdom of God, we're going to, we're going to continue to see God's faithfulness as we're able to, to watch, whether it's us or other people reap the harvest of that yeah. in, in their lives around us. And so I think as it relates to sowing and reaping, the thing I really try to focus on in this season is how can I sow as much as possible? for the kingdom of God? How can I sow into as many friendships and relationships and financially? How can I stretch myself? Even though I, I maybe I'm not making as much money as I will in the future, I'm still going to stretch myself to sow into the kingdom of God financially, knowing that if I create that as a habit now, as the Lord continues to bring increase in my life, then I'll be able to continue to see those things increase too. Um, so I think that's just a principle that I think has really changed the way that I view this season um, and helped me to make it maybe less about me and more about what does God want to do through me? Um, because no matter who you are, what your platform is, how much money you make, you have way more impact than you realize. And you have way more ability to impact people than you realize. And so I think figuring out like, how do we take kind of maybe the spotlight off of us, which is so easy to do. And we all drift to that place, but how do we take the spotlight off of us, put it onto the people around us and really just say, God, what do you want me to do in the lives of these people? And then just sow seeds as much as we can into that. Um, I would say that's something that's really changed the way that I view this this season of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I think that's so good, you know, just sowing. And we don't always see the, yes. the fruit yep. come. But um, going back to the John 15, 5, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. And when we're attached to the vine, that's where the fruit comes from. And so mm -hmm. just remaining in him and staying focused on Jesus. We're, let's review them real quick. Yeah. Uh, stay close to Jesus, find your rhythm, fight for community, be smart for money or with your money and lean into your life. But what I would love is I would love to hear the questions that you're asking. If, if you are a new grad and you're entering this new season, leave a comment to reach out on Instagram and, and share your questions or the things that you're struggling with or things that you're afraid of or things you're excited about. We'd love to hear that. But also, um, if you had another tip, because we only gave five and we know there's so many other things that we could have shared. So if you have a tip that you would give to a new grad, I would love to hear it. I realize that some of you listening are way past that and you're in new seasons. And so this is a time for you to turn around and say, all right, here's something that worked for me. I would love to hear those things in the comments, um, whether that be on Instagram or on YouTube. So do that as well. And if you are new to the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, uh, leave a rating. That's how more people see it. Uh, continue to engage in the podcast and we will see you next time. But Bryce, thanks so much for being a part of this. Thanks. You're a great wingman. You're a great co-host. Hey, thanks for having me. That was a blast. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. I had a great time. Well, thank you. And thanks again for watching or listening. We'll see you again soon.